Welcome to the Sound Words Podcast, where it's our goal to help Christians love and live out God's Word. If you're listening to this episode, I wanted to invite you to watch the video version of this episode on YouTube. Just search Sound Words Ministries. You can also follow us and receive Sound Words content on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Threads. I'm Pastor Aaron Nicholson. This is Pastor Jesse Randolph. And today we have a special guest, Dr. Zachary Kasselbaum, the superintendent of Lincoln Christian School. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you for joining us. Dr. Kasselbaum has a love for the Lord, a love for his wife and three daughters, and a love for equipping children with a worldview that places God at the center of everything. I like how you put that in your bio on your website. That was well said. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's absolutely kind of just what drives us is, you know, you reference the fact of, again, there's so much mistruth taking place right now. So just a passion to have children, especially, is where God has called my heart is I love working with children. And when I say children, I mean all the way to young adults in high school and just having them learning through a biblical worldview, through truth and the understanding that there is one ultimate truth. Amen. And that's the topic for our episode today is educational decisions for parents. So thank you for for being willing to share about that subject. Yeah, Dr. Kassbaum, we're excited to have you on the podcast. Some of us even have our kids at the school that you're privileged to be the superintendent of, so it's yeah. neat to have the worlds Everyone in the collide. room, even the, right. even the camera guy that's in the back. Right. <laughs> so uh, the Lord is doing a great work through you and the way you're serving in that role at, at that school. So just um, if you would be willing to share a little bit about how, number one, we got to go back back in time a bit, how the Lord saved you, how he brought you to himself, and also how the Lord directed your steps to your role as superintendent at Lincoln Christian. Yeah. I was raised in an absolute loving home. Very thankful to my mom and dad and to what they provided for us. But it wasn't a home necessarily that centered on Christianity. Very much learned a ton of life lessons on being driven, responsibility, treating people with respect. But I very much captured a performance mindset. Um, The more that I could perform or achieve, that's where my worth was going to come from. Mm-hmm. And as you guys know, that that end game doesn't play out. Right. And so as I moved into high school and had some good mentors around me and heard some people speak, um, Ron Brown actually being one of those, and just I started to fill in my heart and understanding that my lifestyle didn't align, that there was something missing there. And it didn't matter what I accomplished or how many points you scored or whatever you did, um, just feeling empty. And over a period of time and then starting to date who is my current wife. And I saw something different in her uh, than what I saw in the world that I was surrounding myself with. And we began to date and we started to go to a church when we went to college here in Lincoln. And Pastor Carl Godwin, just a very godly man, pastor of uh, Calvary Community Church. And he challenged me. He started to challenge me. I think he could tell that I was showing up and, and going through the motions a little bit and just really realizing and Ultimately, that there was nothing in my doing to earn salvation, that ultimately it was a free gift from God and made that decision. You know, I had grown up in the Lutheran church. And so just it's a new mindset of understanding believers baptism. And when I accepted Christ being baptized again, and my wife went through it with me and we ended up getting married and at that point in time, accepting Christ. And then ultimately, you know, the changes that follow when we're true believers. And so it made our lives look a lot different. Our priorities look a lot different. And so then we had a passion to continue to pursue that. That's actually what led us to Parkview Christian School from being an administrator at a public school. And at that point in time, still as a growing, I'm still a growing believer, (laughs) but as a younger growing believer, 
probably not as ready and prepared to lead uh, a school at that time. If I'm just being transparent, I was still mid twenties and, um, God had just afforded me some opportunities to grow and learn. And so stepped back out into the public education world before now getting to the part that you asked me about what led me to Lincoln Christian mm-hmm. is we weren't looking to leave. We were, we were at Ashton Greenwood public schools and we felt that we were living out our ministry there. We felt that we saw fruit of what we were doing godly men and women in that community that that honestly wanted me to lead as a Christian administrator. And mm-hmm. just through some things that fell into place and some people reaching out from Lincoln Christian and asking to entertain conversations, and then one conversation led to a next, it did line up with the fact that my wife and I had begun to fill a poll of how much longer our girls were mm-hmm. significantly younger, obviously, at that time. Could I work in an environment and lead because I couldn't sign off on some things. There were some things that were starting to happen with the larger machine of public education that I, I would simply not be okay with. And we knew that, that that could potentially come to a collision. And then also the fact that why we have teachers that I loved and cared about there and many Christian teachers, our kids were going to spend eight to 10 hours a day receiving an education that was not rooted in God's truth. And so we had even begun some homeschooling conversations and how that would look at while I was the superintendent of at Ashland Greenwood and, and homeschooling. And then as I shared, you know, God presented this opportunity, which we said no to at first and only through the way God can work out things, which would be a much longer story, but God brought us to Lincoln Christian and we've served there, I hope, perceived as very faithfully for seven years and given of our time and energy. And my wife serves in many capacities. I would I would not be able to do my position without her, but we've been very thankful for that transition. Well, praise the Lord. Yeah. And so as a Christian, as a Bible believer and a Bible teacher, can I ask you, what does the Bible say about teaching children? Yeah. I actually think it's something that's really clear. And this, this weighed on my wife and my heart. Like it's not ambiguous in what it says. I mean, it, we are told multiple times, whether it's through the, through the old Testament, which I think people are most familiar with some of those verses in Deuteronomy and calling us not just to talk about God, but truly to talk about and teach about God from the time we get up in the morning to when we go to bed at night. And then also there's just the, the promise that is stated in Proverbs of when you train a child in the Lord in the ways of the Lord that they will not depart. And I think sometimes people try to misapply that verse or don't fully understand it, but there is great hope in that as parents in understanding that we are called to train our children in the way of the Lord. I think it dives into even more specifically as fathers in Ephesians that we are specifically called to ensure that our children are raised with discipline and instruction from the Lord mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't exasperate them, but they see us model the love of Christ and the firmness of Christ sometimes in that, and for mothers too. I mean, Proverbs is just latent and in, in, in talking about, you know, just listening to the wisdom of your mother's instruction, and then it goes so far on to the shame you can bring to your mother if, if you don't grow in that wisdom. And so I think it's clear on what we're called to do for our children. Um, sometimes it doesn't fit into what's convenient or what society places value on in this day and age, mm-hmm. but I do think we— we are clearly called to ensure our students are being trained in a biblical worldview where God's word is written on their hearts and that they recognize that there there's another force out there that's chasing for their heart as well. Yeah. I really appreciated uh, even how you just expressed that now, that that's the clarity of conviction that you brought 
to the leadership of Lincoln Christian that as parents who do have children in that school, it's really reassuring because any institution can throw the name Christian on top of the sign or the marquee and, 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 but then water down the truth of what you've just articulated, which mm-hmm. is, uh, yeah, we're to train our children up, we're to raise them up, we're to not um, exasperate, we're not to provoke, we're to discipline. Um, you, you tell it like it is because God's word has given it as it is. So that's very, very encouraging. And even the emphasis from the culture, you know, has one worldview, obviously, and totally contrary to the word of God. And you recognize that. Yeah. And that's the main differentiator. Yeah. Yeah. So along those lines, uh, why, you know, parents are the primary trainers uh, of their children. We're the ones that are to impart biblical wisdom and knowledge to our children. Along those lines, you know, we have these kids on loan to us by God for however many years, just a few younger years, really. Um, Why is it so important for parents to thoughtfully evaluate the educational decisions we'll make for our kids? Yeah. As a family, it potentially is one of the most important decisions you're going to make for your children. And, you know, the family structures are different for everyone and how that is um, their ability to, to homeschool or their ability to ensure a child is being instructed in God's word. But when you think of what we're called to do from the morning to the time they go to bed, that that requires a partnership. Mm -hmm. And we tell families very openly that we are a partner with them. It's their primary responsibility to train their children up. And then plan A for that is the church. Mm -hmm. And then we are, we are part of that plan as well. And we can partner with them. Um, but we don't take the place of the church either. And so I think as, as people just explore that, how do you do that? where you truly have your children um, being trained in God's word and being able to look through a biblical worldview. I just have to share as an aside, there's more and more research going on right now that even amongst pastors, how few and far between a true biblical worldview is done. Arizona Christian University just did a study as well, and society is different on accepting that there's an absolute truth. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's no appeasing that. There's no finding compromise in that. And and so when a family makes a choice to send their child to Lincoln Christian, they can feel confident that the eight to 10 hours, I mean, it truly is eight hours. And as they get older, it's 10 hours. Mm-hmm. And for some of our kids, it's 12 and 14 hours when they participate in co-curricular activities and that they are, that they're fulfilling what they've been called to do. Their students are in a place where they're surrounded with individuals that are like-minded, that are missionally aligned to what they believe. Um, They serve as a hand to the parent, so to speak. That's one thing at Lincoln Christian that we ensure that every single person that works with students in our school are in alignment with our statement of faith and believe in our mission and our vision so that parents do have that confidence in doing that. In contrast, when you ask about exploring whether Christian education or public or homeschool while I recognize again that there are some very good people and very strong Christians and working in public education, the public education machine has gotten bigger than them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in many cases, the curriculum and the things that the students are being influenced with are out of the parents' control. And Josh McDowell had the quote that many parents uh, fear what their students are going to do, where they really need to fear what they're going to be led to believe. And, you know, there's so much truth in that because children look to their teachers as role models. They do, or even heroes, you know. Mm -hmm. And when they're telling them things that do not align with the truth, it creates confusion. And then just again on biblical worldview where there's research again at the age of 18 months, they're beginning to 
gather some form of worldview. By the age of three, they're starting to get some form of worldview established. Um, and then by the time, of, you know, age of about 13, you have an established worldview. And the research says at age 18, it's cemented. Mm-hmm. And so you just think about the importance of what they're being taught and trained and led to believe hmm. at the same time, knowing that there is spiritual warfare going on for the hearts and minds of our students. Yeah. Yeah. You really highlighted the the critical importance of parents being involved mm-hmm. in those educational decisions and seeing that it is important because if parents don't pray and critically consider that about where to send their kids for education or how to teach them, the, the world will teach them uh, by default. And mm-hmm. those are scary lessons to learn from the world um, and often sinful. Uh, could you elaborate more on, you know, what parents might consider when they're considering those three options of public versus private versus homeschool? Do you have any guiding tips for parents? For me, I think they have to take into consideration how they're fulfilling what God has called us to do. I think first and foremost, can you fulfill having your child trained in God's word and having God's word talked about from morning until night in an environment where eight to 10 hours a day, that it's not just absent of God anymore. It's actually vehemently against God. I know that's a bold statement, but it's something that people have to chew on and really ask, can I fulfill that when eight to 10 hours a day, my students are some of the time, at least going to be led, even led to believe little lies. And then in some cases, just bold. You can be whatever gender you want to be. That's right. Thought, yeah. Thoughts that are truly just against God and that we would never thought of 10 years ago right. that we would be judged or, or even attacked. Recently, I've had comments actually made about me, and I will not identify the church, but from the pulpit, because I made a stance that people coming to Lincoln Christian have to be in alignment with a statement of faith that stands on God's truth mm-hmm. when it comes to gender, when it comes to marriage. You know, you want to think that it would be a far cry or sound too outlandish for us to recognize that God's word tells us we were made male and female and that God has a design for marriage. Mm -hmm. That's not hatred to do that. That's actually love to teach that. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what society wants to bend right now. They, they want to label it, whether it's all the different terms that you can throw out there and not recognizing that that it's actually love to have a standard of truth and be willing to stand on that and be willing in love to, to shepherd people along with that. And that doesn't mean turning a blind eye or, or compromising or coming along and acting like there isn't a standard of truth. So again, as you evaluate education, that is what students are going to be fed. And as we hear the stories of families coming to Lincoln Christian from schools, some of them are heartbreaking as we hear what their their children have been told or what they have faced because they have taken a stance on truth. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I fully agree. Educational decisions, whichever decision is made, uh, have to be weighed against that. It certainly has to start in the home. As you identified earlier, Dr. Kassabom, the church comes alongside the parents to help them with that. And then that that next layer is the, the educational decision that is an important one. And and these new variables have to be considered now. They didn't have to be considered maybe 10 or 15 years ago, at least in these terms, you know, yeah. questioning what a male is and what a female is. But now it's very much on the table with five-year-olds. Yeah. Can I probe further? Do you have thoughts on homeschool versus private yeah, school? Yeah. And I know you, you may be a bit biased and that's okay. <laughs> no, right? you know what? Here's, here's the deal. <laughs> um, one thing that um, we will hear is, well, yeah, we really want our students to have a Christian education, but 
but we want advanced academics. And that's another thing for us that is honestly a little bit laughable because one of the things that we have really strove to do is enhance academic excellence. And and when I share these things, it's in humility. I mean, it's through God's grace that we have these opportunities. We have phenomenal teachers, but our students are outscoring the state and local averages, like on the ACT, mm-hmm. the, the what's considered the, the best college readiness benchmark by two, three, four, five points annually wow. on a 36-point test. Mm-hmm. And so the, the academics are there as well. The reason I shared that piece going to your homeschool question is, is because for me, in regard to the homeschool, sometimes parents are shocked with my response. I'll, I shake their hand and say, great job. I mean, that's if you yeah. have the means to educate mm-hmm. your child at home and that's your choice as parents and, and your responsibility to ensure that they're being trained in God's word. And if you feel that's best for your child, awesome. Yeah. I've even said, how can we support you? <laughs> um, I don't see that, you know. As some form of competing interest, I, I see that ultimately as we choose to partner with parents. And if that's an avenue that, that they feel is best, very good for them. Mm-hmm. The two things that I would add to that is I think parents have to ensure a couple things with that. One is the academic side. And there are there are homeschool families and networks that are doing it well and doing it right. And there are some that when we get them or even when we would get them back into the public school, we would see an academic deficiency. I don't think that's good for kids. However, the the homeschool network has begun to grow more. They're getting more resources, more, I, I guess the word I'm looking for is more uh, working in continuity with one another mm. to provide good avenues so that you're not seeing that. I mean, a lot mm. of times we have homeschool kids that are transitioning in that can knock the socks off to us. And so that's great. And then just the other one is the socialization. And if you can address those two, in regard to just the ability to have situations where things don't go your way, you know, that you argue with someone that you have to get in line, you, you know, all those different things that happen just through dealing with your peers, which again, some homeschool networks have begun to address, like they come together. Um, there's different means of doing that. So that's very helpful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very helpful. I know we have parents, um, you know, considering that and, and, kind of weighing the pros and cons. And I think what you said is very helpful to to help parents weigh the academics and the social aspect of school. Mm-hmm. So thank yeah. you. Dr. Kassebaum, what, what is your guiding philosophy, if you could boil it down for Lincoln Christian? And, and where do you hope to see your students go, the students of the school go in the next 10 to 20 years? Yeah. Instead of just kind of leaving that to chance and mm-hmm. having everybody answer that question differently, Um, we've worked together with our school board and our stakeholders at a point to get input. And we've ultimately come up with four ends statements, Mm. meaning when students walk across the stage at Lincoln Christian through the work of the Holy Spirit, our prayer is that these four ends would be accomplished. And I'm just share those with you that spiritually we'd like to see the students trust Jesus Christ as savior and embrace their identity in him. And we, we have a little statement up above to recognize that this is through the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, we understand that we can do all the things that we're called to do, but it's through the work of the Holy Spirit that a student will accept Jesus Christ. Intellectually, uh, we want students to achieve their God-given academic and creative potential. And then on the social side, we we want to see students exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. And we have these broken down more, but these are the, the key concepts. Mm-hmm. And then physically, the students would steward their bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit. And so in a nutshell, that's 
the end statement of Lincoln Christian. But the way that I would word that is, again, my prayer for every student that, that leaves Lincoln Christian is that they would have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that they would be filled with a head knowledge as well, though, where they're ready to go give a defense for their faith and they're they're ready to, um, instead of, you know, just being a believer and a follower, that they're ready to go be fishermen, that, they're, that they are ready to be ambassadors for Christ. Yep. The uh, word that I use a lot when I talk before our kids is talking about training them up to, to go out in the world and be transformational influences. So that's my prayer again. You know, like we have sin at Lincoln Christian. We fall short of many of the things we want to do. But I'd love to see every student have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'd love them to be conf- so confident in who they are that when they get ready to go out in the world that is hostile towards what they believe and becoming more and more that way, uh, that they are ready to navigate that world, hold firm to what they believe, um, not waver, not compromise, and instead be transformational influences. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you for your ministry. Thank you for you know spreading the gospel and for teaching students all God has commanded and for helping parents think through these things as well. You bet. Well, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thanks for being thanks. on. Yeah. Well, and thank you listeners for listening to the Sound Words podcast. If this episode has been helpful to you, we'd like to encourage you to share it on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and threads. And Pastor Jesse, do you have any closing words for us today? As always, the final word goes to God in His Word in 2 Timothy 1.13, where Paul says to Timothy, retain the standard of sound words, which you've heard from me in the faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. Thanks for listening.